SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. It's five minutes after six o'clock. Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update this Tuesday evening. Keep those SMSs coming in on 34701. Use the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market at a cost of two rand per message. We'll take your share and investment-related questions and uh, quiz David Shapiro a little later on in the program. Uh, first up, as always, uh, Google it as your business news. And this business in business today is brought to you by Westbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at westbank.co.za. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Glencore Extrata expects to appoint new employees shortly at its South African chrome mine operations as the union whose members were fired for taking part in a strike demands their reinstatement. Business Partners has earmarked more than 1 billion rand for the advancement of formal small and medium enterprises during the 2013-2014 financial year. The firm says this initiative aims to grow and foster the local economy and develop business within South Africa. And the FNB house price index has shown, showed mild acceleration in its year-on-year average house price in June from a revised 6.2% in May to a little more than 6.5% rate in June. Turning to the markets now, the JSE share index has closed off in negative territory by 0.2% at 39,844 points. The rand's trading at 9 rand 91 to the US dollar, 15 rand exactly to the British pound, and 12 rand 90 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,248 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $103, and the platinum price at $1,373 an ounce. Thanks, Gugu. Seven after six, this in business today was brought to you by Westbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at westbank.co.za. What would an instant answer to an asset finance application mean for your business? Could it be the difference between moving and shaking or just sitting and waiting? Apply for business asset finance at westbank.co.za and get an instant answer. T's and C's apply. Westbank. We know how. A division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Or speak to your affiliated dealer. MoneyWeb Market Watcher is proudly brought to you by the Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa. Well, David Shapiro is with Sasfin. David, a handful of people up in arms in the uh, South African market. They've taken our Bloomberg television away as of yesterday, and we saw a couple of complaints and questions uh, coming through, people tweeting about it uh, on Twitter, and uh, I think that groundswell is growing. Mm. And, uh, I, you know, one's got nothing against uh, Business Day TV, not at all. Um, it has its place in the market, but I think why Bloomberg's was the last channel which gave us uh, exposure to global financial markets. In other words, 24 hours a day. You could wake up in the morning, hear Asia. Uh, four o'clock, you'd, you, you know, we'd tune into um, the opening in, in, in the U.S. markets and then tune into the closing of U.S. markets, which are very important. We can't ignore how foreign markets um, influence us. And uh, this is a DSTV. This is a multi-choice 
uh, decision. Mm. They've decided to uh, to scrap it, and I, I understand because I think it must have very narrow uh, demand, you know, mainly for professionals who watch financial markets. But that doesn't mean, you know, that you should get rid of it. You know, even if you're catering to a very select crowd, uh, it has an important bearing on on our decision making and understanding. So I think that's where the the outcry is coming from, you know. And uh, respect to Business Day TV who have tried to keep it alive, but who are sharing the platform with them. Mm, they are sharing uh, as of yesterday, and I think this this change caught a number of people off guard mm. because DSTV and MultiChoice did announce this. They they actually were taking mm. Bloomberg TV off air. They also were shutting MK, the the Afrikaans music channel, at the end of June. Mm. Um, and as you say, uh, Business Day TV carrying Bloomberg Television programming. Uh, in the mornings from 7 till noon, again for two hours in the afternoon from 4 to 6, and as of tomorrow from 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. But uh, as you say, it doesn't, doesn't quite do it. You know, when, when I'm the kind of person that likes to come home and just keep it on or, or just try to keep up to date with what's happening in the United States. It doesn't mean you're watching it all the time, but the fact that you can't get it, uh, there, there are no other channels that you can do it. You know, the other channels that are available are generally Africa channels or with a very heavy local business bias. So I think that's why uh, people are up in islands, those people who like to keep tabs with uh, global markets. Speaking of markets, on our market today, uh, the JSE ending down 87 points, 39,844. We tried to go into positive mm. territory. We tried mm. a number of times, once or twice. And uh, still ending negative. I, I'm surprised because U.S. markets very strong. We continually get good uh, economic numbers coming out of there. Motor vehicle sales are just a knockout. Um, mm. I'm not sure what drove them, but way bigger than the, uh, the market is expanding. Also showing that there is, uh, you know, spending is picking up there. Um, there's a lot happening around factory orders, around uh, um, oil exploration. Um, consumers spending more. So America looking good and, and those markets picking up. I thought we'd keep pace, but we didn't. You know, we actually fell back. Look, it wasn't a disastrous day. Um, there wasn't much news that we could uh, latch on to that could actually give us guidance. And I think against that, uh, we tended to drift lower. Um, Anglo's bulletin were down, which took the mining markets down. Gold shares picking up, although the gold price um, just after recovering from 1200 to 1250 has just found some uh, resistance now um, so yeah not 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 you know n- nothing to to get uh, too worried about but uh, an uneventful day interesting a group of companies posting 52 week highs uh, today group 5 construction company Marion Roberts also mm. up there coronation it's been there uh, pretty much almost every day for for the past 6 months uh, Oceana, that one uh, has been there. Uh, Grindrod is, is one I want to talk about. 22 Rand 50, it's up 4% uh, to a 52 week high. Very interesting because, uh, look, shipping's not easy to understand. Mm. Um, it could be because of the dollar, but also that they have changed their whole focus. You know, they're trying to um, push the, inf- the logistics side of their business away from shipping. Um, so it's going to be, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've lost touch with it. I've been following it and just watching it creep up. I, I think it's too early to get excited about the Maputo Harbour yet. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to take a long time before they actually get the benefits. And I don't know how much of that's built in. 
But um, it may be through, you know, maybe one's got to get a, a look at the, their next set of results and, and uh, understand what's happening there. But it has been one that has taken us by surprise. Shipping rates also picking up. Mm. Baltic you price index sure, is up sure, 50% yeah. in mm. the past month. Mm. Whether that's uh, China, you know, um, um, Importing a lot more. I hope it's iron ore because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I hope it's iron ore that's that, that's um, that's pushing the Baltic index up because I think that will have huge benefits to our market. Elsewhere on the market, uh, Pioneer Foods. There's a new chief executive there, Phil mm. Rue, uh, ex Tiger Brands. He spoke with Sasha Planting, uh, one of our journalists here at MoneyWeb, and uh, one of uh, he, he's basically set out his his strategy yeah. where where he's looking to take the company. hasn't been there for for longer than a hundred days, um, and and this quote I think sums it up quite nicely. He says, "We're talking about transformational change. I wasn't given a mandate to tinker." Okay. <laughs> to what's Tinker mean? I mean, if if there is transformational change, is he talking in the political sense or changing the whole uh, structure of the company, the whole focus both, of the company? Both. Yeah. both. He says he says the the company does obviously have its own history and its mm-hmm. own past. Its uh, its management is very yeah. skewed and it has one one view on life. I, I th- I, from my point of view, I'm I'm uh, I'm very nervous of those kind of changes because um, I would far prefer to get South Africa's economy on a firm footing before we start uh, doing other things. You know, tinkering. I don't know whether that's the right word, but uh, you know, that's what worries me. I, I I think that this we need to ground this economy before we start worrying about political political ideology and issues in that direction. You know, take without. Uh, you know, with respect to everybody, I think that we need we need to get the mining sector strong, mm. manufacturing particularly. The food manufacturers haven't done that well. I think they're under a lot of pressures here, mainly input costs, um, inefficiencies, and that that they have to get right. So I would prefer to see that right. You know, say so, okay, we've got it. We, our growth is picking up, employment's picking up, everything's picking up. Okay, let's start to worry about uh, you know the politics now. Well, one of the one of the problems facing uh, Pioneer Foods is that it's underperformed. It's underperformed Tiger. Mm. It's underperformed mm. pretty much any rival on any metric. Yeah, and it's got good brands. It shouldn't have done that. Um, and one's got to, you know, maybe one's got to one. And maybe you, change. yeah, maybe you got to you got to you got to look at management and look at the quality of management that was there. Uh, but in terms of what they produce. Um, they shouldn't be where they are. They shouldn't have. Look, they were also dragged down a lot by competition issues mm. in virtually every one of their um, divisions. Uh, there was something that they, they got fined for, and I'm sure that took management uh, focus away. But uh, there again, you know, focus on the company, get it right, embed it, you know, just bed it down, and then uh, you can worry about, uh, you know, it's a telecom type situation as well. <laughs> Very quickly, uh, mining union Amco's tabled demands at Anglo American Platinum at once entry level wages of twelve and a half thousand rand a month. That's that's uh, double, uh, more than double. Uh, uh, they freaky, they cooked. You know, I mean, it's mad. It's absolute madness. And, and, you know, those are issues that worry us, that, that really can bring down uh, an industry and bring down a country. 
Um, you know, the value of our platinum miners have been absolutely devastated. I think in this year alone, those share prices are down 30 to 40 percent. And that's a reflection of, of where the company's going. You know, so let's steady it. <laughs> let's what, get this What is economy. interesting is that Anglo-American platinum will discuss wages at the same time as those job cuts. So it sees it as a parallel process. Oh. It doesn't oh. see the one before the other. And that, uh, that puts unions in an interesting position as well. Well, that they can fire them, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if I know that they've cut back quite a lot on their original plan, and I'm not sure where it's going, but uh, somewhere along the line, common sense has to prevail. I know we make a lot of noise about it, or government makes a lot of noise, but, but there doesn't seem to be a strong message about where this economy is heading, you know. And yesterday I see APSA downgraded the economy to 2.3%. Mm. Reserve Bank keeps downgrading it. They're not upgrading it. They're downgrading it. You know, the U.S. economy is going upgrading. It's, it's, it's pumping away. And uh, we're going the other way. MoneyWeb Market Watcher was proudly brought to you by the Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa. The Graduate School of Business and Leadership at the University of KwaZulu-Natal offers a variety of programs to help you make your mark in the world of business. The interdisciplinary nature of our World Trust programs enables our candidates to effectively deal with the complex challenges of an ever-changing landscape. If you're ready to make a difference, consider the university that is changing the world every day. The Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa. Are you a pensioner or investor looking for a high-yield investment that will give you an above-average guaranteed return? Then Finbond Mutual Bank's limited offer is perfect for you. Invest a minimum amount of 100,000 Rand on a fixed-term deposit and earn 9.5% per annum guaranteed. Contact us today on 0860-442211. Terms and conditions apply. Finbond is an authorized financial services and credit provider. Finbond Mutual Bank. It's my bank. 18 minutes after 6 o'clock, today's top story is brought to you by MTN Business. Well, in the past month, we've seen unprecedented volatility in global markets, not just in equities, but in currencies, in commodities, and in bonds too. Earlier today, I spoke to two investment professionals, first to Koki Kwerman of Sim Global, and to Glenn Silverman, Chief Investment Officer of Investment Solutions. The last time we spoke to Koki, he'd just arrived back from a trip to the US, China, and Korea. I asked him what's driving markets currently and what's behind all this volatility. Yeah, we, um, what we saw in, in China uh, on our trip there is actually happening, and uh, it's a pity we didn't go even two months earlier, but I suppose we arrived at the right time where a lot of the cracks were really starting to open. But the risk in China is of, of further slowdown. Uh, the system there is, is very leveraged. And, you know, as, as once you start slowing down, you know, then you've got the whole property cycle turning negative. A lot of companies can go bankrupt. So we think China is the biggest risk there for the slowdown. And then obviously the negative effect on, on resources and resource prices and, and resource countries, the countries have been dependent on, on, on the China growth, like Australia specifically is being hard hit, Brazil and South Africa. So, uh, but the other theme in the markets has been U.S. interest rates, mm. and you know there you've, the positives the whole time are the housing cycle is turning positive, and 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 you know new houses built is increasing, and house prices are going up, and actually unemployment is falling. 
But if you look at underlying, the inflation rate in the U.S. is, is continuing to come down. It's now at 1%. And a lot of commentators are saying that, you know, the, the lower inflation shows that maybe, you know, the growth that we're seeing is, is a mirage and it's not really there. Mm. And, and, and so in this mix, the, the problem you've got as well is, as Bernanke said, he's going to end quantitative easing, although he said further down the line, um, but we just cannot see him ending quantitative easing or U.S. interest rates going up a lot with a China slowdown and you know inflation being so low. So you're in a situation now where markets have reacted, that everything has fallen quite a lot, and um, and we think interest rates will stay low. So yeah, our own take is still to uh, emerging markets, um, many of them, especially those related to China, are still risky. And it's better to stay away from them and you know, confine yourself to still good quality companies, specifically in the U.S. That's Corky Kwanaman there, head of some Global. Now, I asked Investment Solutions Chief Investment Officer Glenn Silverman if central banks are going to be able to taper or cut back on quantitative easing without causing something along the lines of what we saw two weeks ago where markets found themselves very rattled. I don't believe so. I believe it's, it's inevitable that uh, that's just, as I say, the curtain raiser. That's mm-hmm. you know just the, the trial run for what's going to come. I think what they will attempt to do is push it out longer and longer, kick the can down the road, which means the problems get bigger, the debt gets bigger, even lower levels of interest does compound and you know and compound the problems, etc. So you know it's a bit of a party while we go on, but you know we're getting a bit drunk and someone's going to have to take that punch bowl away, and probably won't be so pleasant then. That's Glenn Silverman, the, the Chief Investment Officer at Investment Solutions. David, he explains it very well. A bit of a party. We're, we're drinking a lot of uh, whiskey, and uh, we're not too sure how, how we're going to stop. You know, the one point that, that uh, Koki brought up was mm. that inflation is 1% and falling in flat. I think they're more concerned about deflation than about inflation. And I think the effect of deflation, as we've seen in Japan, can actually drag down an economy. So... Um, you know, kicking the can down the road. Um, I don't. I don't think. I think there are other issues, and I think they have to keep reflating. Um, and you know, it'll only be probably a generation uh, or two generations' time that we actually feel the impact of our, of all of this. I don't think it's an immediate problem. In the meantime, markets keep going up, and there's still opportunities there. So um, you know, I'm, I'm not as concerned as Glenn is about it. It's, it, it's not really showing itself. Well, I, did, uh, I spoke with Koki for quite some time this afternoon. I also asked him specifically uh, about QE, about the concerns in China, the, the, the jitters there over mm-hmm. a slowdown. Those are the two things that, that mm-hmm. rattled markets and continue to rattle markets. Uh, and I asked him if both of these will be weighing on markets for some time to come. His answer is pretty interesting. Yeah, the, the the China one I'm more worried about, and at least uh, if you decide you want to invest, you can see how that develops. And, we're, and normally these things, once they start going, they go fairly fast. So you'd almost see in the next two months whether China does indeed turn around and the government can do something or whether the property market and, and just the whole shadow banking system unravels. The U.S. one is, is a lot longer uh, because – if you read most of, you know, Bill Gross and all the, the super intelligent guys, mm. uh, they just cannot see U.S. growth being strong enough for Benanke to end quantitative easing very quickly. So that means in 
in a lot of emerging markets, um, you know, the growth is still good. I mean, Indonesia is still growing at 5%. Um, even India is still growing at 5% real. So I think that money will start flowing back to emerging markets if U.S. interest rates, in fact, do stay low. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's going to be quite a tough and volatile quarter um, with a lot, the big debate really is, has the super cycle for commodity prices ended and are we going to a cycle where you want to be in the U.S. and developed markets? And that all comes back to whether U.S. interest rates will go up and the dollar be strong. If that doesn't happen and Bernanke just holds off on ending quantitative easing, then I think emerging markets will still be fairly well placed. It's Koki Koiman there, head of Sim Global. He sees volatility and, and a tough quarter ahead. But the conundrum here, and, and we spoke about it some more later on in the interview, the conundrum for a South African investor is that assets overseas mm. look a lot more attractive. Mm. But there's the risk on the currency. Not really, because those assets are translated every day. So mm. the danger, if you hold out now waiting for the rand to recover, what will make it recover, if you listen to Koki, will be an improving markets in a lower interest rate. So those assets will go up while our rand improves. So you're missing out. You know, every day we translate British American tobacco mm. from the pound price mm. to the rand price, regardless of whatever the rand is. And so SAB, all our shares, most of our shares, we take the prices of those shares, convert them at the current ruling rand rate to get here. So it makes no difference when you ship that money out. But um, so I, I'm more optimistic than Koki about this quarter. I think that um, if China, China, we've already seen three days of recovery, and I think that China has got huge amounts of reserves if they need to push the economy up. They don't want to do that because I think they're just uh, uh, stretching the problem there. But um, I, it's not going to be a commodity boom, but it will be a consumption boom. Today's top story was brought to you by MTN Business. Supply is about to exceed demand. Please switch me off. Thank you. With MTN Business ERP, your business reports directly to you, meaning you can eliminate wastage and reduce your operating costs. And because it's hosted in the cloud, it's a lot more affordable to get a full resource planning system powered by SAP. Visit mtnbusiness.co.za for more info. Welcome to the new world of business. Property Insights brought to you by Redefine Properties. Redefine, we're not landlords, we're people. Well, in Property Insights this week, I spoke with Evan Jankalovitz, one of the founders of Sesvikile Capital. The transcript and audio is up on moneyweb.co.za as well as on our apps. Sesvikile is a boutique asset manager focused on listed property. Evan was previously at Stanlib and founded Sesvikile together with Kundai Munzara, who's ex-investor, and Mohammed Kala of BJM. I asked Evan why an investor should have 5 or 10% of their portfolio in listed property. No, it comes all down to diversity and depending on the mix of, of one's, uh, one's portfolio and their, risk, and their risk appetite. But in truth, portfolio has really historically in the last eight years delivered superior returns to the other asset classes. Not to say that it's going to do the same thing going forward, but you see that in certain markets it's definitely an asset class that can outperform. Looking forward, 
we're still positive. In the short term, there might be some volatility and there are some negative pressures, but looking to the medium to long term, we believe you're still in, in store for inflation plus returns. So to ignore those kind of numbers in your portfolio, 5 to 10 percent, not be excessive in a, a relatively smaller sector, but it can still add value to a balanced portfolio. I want to get into that volatility in a bit, but if we look at, at those eight years that you mentioned, uh, out of, uh, six out of those eight years, property outperformed the all share index. And of course, looking backwards, it's not really any guide as to, as to what future performance is, but it does tell us a lot. Uh, it tells us how property performs in a financial crisis, for example. When, when liquidity dries up, you can see the relative performance there. You can see the relative performance to the market in a time where there's a commodity bull market. What, what makes property, listed property, so unique? You know, I would make, I'm going to answer the first question in that the past eight years, it was excessive. The, the returns, I don't think we're in for the same story going forward. But what the history does is helps you understand the nature of the asset class. Initially, it was a completely unloved and ignored asset class, which really grew into its own when people saw the benefits of those cash flows coming through. And you now going forward, if you want to understand what, uh, what we could expect going forward, you've got to understand what happened in the past. The short-term moves are very much correlated to the bond yields. So as bond yields go up, the property prices will come down because property gives you a nice steady cash flow. So if you're getting higher yields in the bond markets, you will obviously need higher yields in the property space, and that causes for a lower, obviously lower capital return in property. But the beauty about property is that it's not about that once-off short-term correction on the up or the downside. It's about that, that consistent annuity stream you're getting out of those, that, those rentals. At the moment, property is giving you 7.2%. The long bond, approximately 7.5%. A little bit more bang for your buck. But the truth is, if you get a nominal distribution out of out of the bond market, that stays flat until uh, maturity. In property, you know, really do you, you don't really hear this too much, but thank goodness for inflation because that 7.2% I'm speaking about in nominal terms will be higher next year and higher the year after because rentals grow in line with inflation. That's Evan Jankolovitz of Sesvigile Capital. Lift here. <coughs> Floor? Uh, six, please. There you go. Oh, what's happening? Hmm? Oh, lift. Needs a bit of work. I thought the building was falling down. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, they're stuck in the other lift. What? Yeah, yeah, you know, we send down food and stuff. Don't you think we should tell the landlord? <laughs> I am the landlord. <laughs> Need better space? More space? Less space? Call Redefine Properties. Redefine. We're not landlords. We're people. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down 0.22%, 39,844 points. U.S. markets in the green at the moment. They ran at 9.91 against the dollar. This has been the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for game plan.